In. Today is number Ayin Aleph. We'll do a review of yesterday's Dafket to today's. Uh, we'll have in mind that our learning should be as Chut for Fur Shlema, for Michal Aviva, Bas Yudis. Went okay yesterday? Uh, Baruch Hashem. Okay, good. And also have in mind for Hadassah Basronia, for Moshe Ben Chefza, for Yosef Ben Mina, for. Uh, Okay, and with that, let's get right to the review of yesterday's stuff. We started off yesterday. Question, Rabbah raised this question. Person says, Kim uh, I'm uh, establishing your vow for today. Just for today. So he didn't say just for today, he just said for today. So does that automatically imply that he's saying that it should be Mufar as of tomorrow? And therefore, it's afara, or uh, he never said that. On the other, and then if you assume that, hey, look, he never said it, so obviously we can't consider that afara if he never spoke it out. What if he says it's mufar tomorrow? Does that work or not? Does that mean to say that? I mean, after all, tomorrow is already too late. You have only one day within which to be made for the nether. So if you're saying it's mufar tomorrow, that's a meaningless statement. Um, um, because he's saying it's Mukim today. Or do we say, hey, wait a second, he never actually said that it's Mukim today. He's only saying that it's Mufar tomorrow. So obviously he means from today he's making it Mufar as of tomorrow. Um, and if you want to say that still, look, you're implying that it's Mukim today, so that's already too late for tomorrow. What if he only says that it should be Mukim for an hour? Um, then do we say that uh, it's as if he's saying it's Mufar after the hour? Or do we say, hey, he never said that? And if you say that, hey, he never said that, so then what if he said, what if he actually did say it? <laughs> um, he said explicitly that I'm only Mekayim for a Shah, and after Lachar Shah, it's Mufar. Um, do we say, once you say that it's Mekayim for a Shah for one, one hour, then it's too late, it's already established as a, as a vow, and you cannot be made for it? Or do we say, look, since after all, I have all day to decide whether to be Mekayim or not, to be Mekayim or to be Mefer the Nether, so once you say it's Mufar after a Shah, that is effective because it's within the day. And therefore it's perfectly fine, perfectly within its right. So that's the Shaila that we asked. We didn't have an end. So the Gemara, that was like the final iteration that we got to, okay, this is what we really want to know. So, you know, like we're not making assumptions on one of the two sides. So we brought a Raya from Halacha in Naziris. Okay, it says that if the woman says that I'm a Nazira and the husband hears, and he says, and me also, so then it's too late and he can't be made for. Now, why should that be the Halacha? I understand. He's saying, and I also is saying that she is right now a Nazira, because otherwise, how else could he attach to that and say that he is also what she is, unless he means to say that she is actually a Nazira? But that doesn't mean that she's a Nazira forever. Just means that she's in his ear for now, right now. And maybe in an hour, after an hour, he should have the rights. Obviously, once he was Makaim for a Shah, it's over. It's too late, and you cannot be made for the nether. And that's, a, that's what we think is a nice riot. On that, the Gemara says, no, it's not, a, not conclusive, because it's possible that the words, um, um, the, the, once you say, Avani, it's basically saying, I'm happy that, that, that you took that on. And as an editor, obviously, you're saying, not only do I, you know, I'm happy that you do it, I, even I want to do that for myself. I also want to become a Nazi. Uh, 
So that's the story, and uh, that's that's that. Okay, brings us to. Um, okay, brings us to the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says that if the father, an interesting, an interesting contrast between the father's rights and the husband's rights. So when the father dies, it doesn't all of a sudden now become the the sole responsibility of the husband to um, wipe away her vows. Um, and, however, but if the husband dies then it does now like turn over or pour out into the domain of the father to wipe it away. And in that sense, the father's rights is stronger than the husband's rights. On the other side, there's, there's actually a, in another area, um, you have uh, the strength of the father, of the husband stronger than the strength of the father, and that is in the sense that the husband can be made for to a, a bulgaris and the father cannot do so. So that's the Mishnah. So the question is, um, why is it that um, that when the father dies, doesn't the the son-in-law, the future son-in-law, that's betrothed to his daughter, why doesn't he take over the father's rights? And that's because it's actually hinted at in the text. Pasuk says, Binoreo Beisavia. Beisavia means the house of the father. It didn't focus on the father as much as the house of the father, which indicates that even if the father's no longer there, this, those rights are sort of maintained and not don't leave the house, so to speak, and therefore, it's um, and and therefore the husband doesn't collect those rights once the if the father should die. Now, um, why is it that the uh, the father does get the rights of the husband? Where does that come from? Where do we know that from? So that's where Rabbi said, and we actually quoted this drasha earlier. Placed on the pasuk, the pasuk says, "If she shall surely be to a man, okay, and she has vows upon her from you know pre-existing vows, so the husband can nullify those vows." Okay, now that terminology is funny because what do you mean she shall surely be? It's what do you mean? Hayosia, what's the double expression? simple. What is hayosia? So comparing is the. Uh, like we're talking about like a, almost like a two two marriage situation first she marries husband number one and then he passes and then he she not married uh, betrothed number, husband number one he passes away then she's betrothed to husband number two okay that's how you'll see it. and that implies meaning that's two acts of Havaya so to speak um, and she has vows what is it saying we're comparing the prior to the first husband to the prior to the second husband. Just like prior to the first husband, the father had the sole rights, so too, after the first husband dies and it's prior to the second husband, the father has total rights, which basically would only make sense if whatever rights the first uh, spouse, first husband, the betrothed, um, had, it gets, he, he, once he dies, it relinquishes and goes over to the father. That's, that's the basis, and that's the drasha according to Rabbi. Okay. So, um, so the Gemara says, wait a second. I understand that, that's, that it's saying something to that effect, but how do we know how far to take it? Maybe this is only true by Nidharam that were never seen by the Arus. But in Nidharam that were seen by the Arus, you cannot be Mefer. Um, you know, maybe the father can't be Mefer, the Nidharam 
that the, that actually came to the face of Aris number one. He saw it. He didn't say anything, let's say. But it was made known to him so that it doesn't transfer out. There's logic to that. So the Gemara answers that uh, if it never was seen by the Aris, then I wouldn't even need this Pasuk altogether because I would have said, tells you that the father has those rights. If it was never, if the first Aris had nothing to do with it. The fact that the first Aris that, that we're saying, how you'll see, obviously we're saying that it was obviously in the presented as a vow to Aris number one. Then he consequently died of a heart attack, whatever. Um, uh, something. He died on the spot. But uh, the, you know, at that point, he goes over to the, ne- to the father. Okay. Now, in the contrast, in the Mishnah, we saw that, that here the father wins. The father has a stronger connection to his daughter than the, hus- than the betrothed husband does. But uh, in another area, the, the betrothed husband has a stronger connection that, he ca- that in the fact that even when she's a Bulgaris, he has those rights. Whereas once the, once, the, once the father's daughter hits age 12 and a half, all of his rights are lost and he doesn't have any control on her, over her anymore. Okay, so that's the question. Um, so the Gemara, so, so the Gemara is saying, what's the case exactly that we're talking about over here? If we're talking about that this betrothed husband did a Kiddushin when she was Onaira still, and then the status of Kiddushin is still there when she hits age 12 and a half, so then that's illogical to assume that he will now have the sole right, because um, it should be the same as Misa. After all, the death of the father makes it no longer his control, and Bagras makes it no longer in his control. Just like the death of the father doesn't grant the rights over to the husband, so to the, her becoming a Bulgarian should, should not grant the rights over to the husband. So that would make sense. So what is the case? That he married, um, uh, he did a Kiddushin while she was already in Bulgaris. So the Gemara says, but that's a Mishnah already. Why would I need this Mishnah to tell me what I already know from the other Mishnah? It says that a Bulgaris, you know, the father, the husband has all the rights. Now, first of all, the Gemara is bothered. Wait a second, if she's a Bulgaris, you don't need to wait 12 months. So the says, you're right, it's a Bulgaris, comma, or just a 12 months. Okay. Um, so the Gemara says, um, uh, two cases. But anyway, the point being, though, is why do we need both Mishnahis? The answer is one of two ways. Either here's the main Mishnah, and we only mention it over there because it brings out a machlokas between Rebbelezer and the Rabbanan, or there's the main place, and we're only mentioning it here because we show, want to show the contrast. We want to show, we said in the first part of the Mishnah, how much stronger um, the father's rights are. So we want to say, but it's not always stronger. Sometimes the husband's rights are stronger. We're only bringing it in, bringing it in, Agav. And that's basically where we left off yesterday. And that's the review of yesterday's stuff. Okay. Let's begin. Mishnah, top of the page, Nadra Vihi Arusa. So she made a vow while she was betrothed. Viniskarsha Bobayom. Viniskarsha. And he divorced her. Instead of saying um, whether I like your vows or whether I don't like your vows, he just says, you know what? I'm out of here. He gives her a get. Okay? Um, let's, you know. 
That was his. He, he did option number three. He could have <laughs> kept the vow. He could have wiped away the vow. And instead, he said, "You know what? I'll pass it along to the next guy." So he divorced her. Okay. Apparently, there was a long line of people wanting to marry her. So she became betrothed to another guy very same day, all on the same day. Okay? Any woman. Um, uh, so Niskarshan Babayom and Niskarshan Babayom. So that day that he divorced her, which is all the very day, the very day he, you know, he found out about the vow, um, he divorced her. Next guy married, um, betrothed her. And I feel the man. And this is going on even to 100 guys. Okay? Um, it's pretty impressive, okay? It's speed divorcing. Right, it's like speed dating, right? Yeah. Exactly. Speed, speed divorce, speed marriage, right. It's, it's impressive to do 100. I know how yeah, long it takes. Say, it's a lot of money for the sofa. Yeah. Right, I'm right. thinking, yeah. thinking yeah. Right, right, the, the Masada Kiddushin is doing well. Everyone's doing well. Yeah, okay. It's good, good business. Okay. Good for business. Anyway, point uh, being... I think Rayquid can right. handle that number. Right, no, 100 <laughs> a day is expensive. Right, do you need... Okay. Anyway, um, even to 100 men, okay, that's the point, the way it works is, is that the last husband stands and the, together with the father, and they have that vow on them to either be Makayim, to say yay or nay, okay? And then obviously they do it jointly. If any one of them says yes, it's over, it's, it's, she's locked into the vow. If both of them say no, then it wipes it away. That's the system. Okay? So here's the principle, the general rule. Anytime she has never um, ended up in her own domain, like fully, for meaning um, she never consummated the marriage fully, or she, you know, the, she, and, or she never hit the age of 12 and a half where she comes into her own rishos. So, avio baila achron it's the father as well as the last husband standing that, that has the last man standing is the one that has the control shared with the father to be made for Nitar. Now, that's a very, very interesting concept. And again, obviously, we always... Okay, we talk about an extreme case up to 100 men it's to illustrate right. this point. Okay? We're not saying that this is a practical situation, but it's illustrating that it doesn't matter how many people are in between. All we care about is the last husband. It's all the same day, obviously. It has to be all the same day because once you know, we know there's like something called like a pocket veto. If he doesn't do anything for the day, but he heard about the vow, then the vow you know, is locked in as well. So that's the story over here. Okay, now. The implication of the Mishnah, at least the way we are understanding the Mishnah, is that even if husband number one was made aware of the vow, and he divorced her, that, you know, maybe he can't, he, so he divorced her, but it doesn't leave that, that guy, Okay. And um, how do you know that the last Aris is sort of filling in the shoes of the first Aris? That's the question. And it takes over. That's the question. Summer Shmuel, Amr Cross. Now, so the, the Ron points out over here, this, the Mishnah didn't actually say that. Okay? We're, 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 
putting into the Mishnah that that's the way it's working over here. That the, the case is even should the first husband be made aware of the vows, the last husband still has the right to, to wipe away the, that vow. That's what we're saying. This is Shmuel asserting that it's true even in that case. And how do I know that it's true even in that case? Amar Shmuel. So he's not saying that that's what the Mishnah is saying. He's saying that's what I hold is what's true. Okay? And here's the source for it. Amakra the Pasuk says, Okay? Should she be to a man and have vows on her? What is it saying? It's saying that she had vows already from before. So that's what the word Allah implies, that there was, these were pre-existing vows. Okay? Now, I understand. It's implying even potentially multiple husbands in this story, right? As, as, we, as we already said, implies multiple marriages. So however it happened, the first husband didn't die, but he, whatever, he divorced her. And then the second husband came along. And the Nidarim are already on her. So she already had these Nidarim from before the first husband. Okay, now Slugamur says, how do you know what it's saying? Maybe that's only if the first husband never heard of the vow, just married her, betrothed her, and then he took it back, and whatever, he's changed his mind right afterwards. Um, maybe the last Arus does not have a power over what was presented and not, nothing was done about it uh, to the first Arus. But maybe then it doesn't get, go to the last Arus's position. So the Gemara says, The word Aleha is an extra word. We could have avoided that word. We could just say, um, uh, uh, the word Allah is like extra. Could have just said, Shanadra um, um, or whatever, Bindareha, with her Nidarim. You know, there's the word Allah is an extra line to say that it was on her in a way that was presented, implies that it was the way it was presented to the first Aras. Okay? So that's the story. And that's how we know that even in that case, where the Aras Rishon first betrothed, was made aware of it, still, even after he passes, or, I mean, divorces, gets, he passes the baton, basically, to the next guy, um, that last guy can, has, takes his, spell, his place, basically. Okay. Now, Tanya Kavasa Dishumon. This is, well, there's a price that actually <coughs> illustrates, that speaks out this sheet of Shumon. Okay, so this is really where the Ran saw that this is not the Mishnah speaking, this is Shmuel speaking. Shmuel is the one who's saying this is true even if the first horse was made aware. And we're bringing a brysa that, that, that he's right, okay? You wouldn't need a brysa to support a Mishnah, you understand? That's why it's, that's his raya, that it's, the beginning is really Shmuel talking. Okay. What is that? Father, together with the husband, Null, uh, wipe away her vows. Kate said, how is that? How so? Shamavya v'afrela. First husband heard it, and then he wiped it away. And that was the father. He, the father heard that she took on a vow. It's like, no way, your, your vow is not valid. What happened? The husband had not yet heard about it even. Um, 
and but he died. Um, so the husband didn't even hear nothing. He died, and then Venus Arsabobiyom, and then she became betrothed that very day to another guy. Even if it was a hundred times that the, 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 you know, each husband passes or whatever, and the, the, and, and, the, and the last husband takes over, the father, as well as the last husband, can be made for an adar. Now, this doesn't quite prove anything yet, but the case here is, is that the, the, the husband is dying, even though the husband's dying, and even though the father actually did the hafara first, the father doesn't now take even. And, and we said that the first husband died. Normally, the father would take it over, mm-hmm. as we learned earlier that the, that it's nisrokna rishus. That was the previous mission yesterday's daf. That it's nisrokna rishus that it pours out to the father. But that's until another husband comes along. There, the other husband came along, so then he has that right now. Okay. So, um, there's something different here because it specifies that the husband heard, didn't hear about it. Yeah, this is where, right, it. this is not a right. This is where the husband did not hear about it. And yet, it's by Lachron. That's case A. If what? he did hear about it, it's. Uh, That's the next case. We're the next one. Okay. Shama, by love, offer law. first scenario, the husband did hear. And he made a farah. He said, I'm wiping away this vow to the extent that I can. But the father never heard about it. Until the husband dies. The father has to go back and wipe away the portion of the husband. Because even though the husband really did wipe away his portion, but we already established this earlier, that that works only if he stays alive. If the first husband dies... So then that hafara becomes batal. It falls apart, okay? But it, it only stands so he's if... He's got to be made for it before she gets engaged again. Right? Yeah, well, he was made for it before the next guy. So in that case, so then the husband, the father, took over the rights of the husband, and he can be made for it for himself and for the, and for the husband. <clears throat> now Amr of Nasan Rab Nasan qualifies this and he says, Hain Hain Divri Beshamai. All this is Shitas Beshamai. Abul Beshil Omrim and Yachala affair. Beshila says that's not gonna work. If the first husband what first husband wiped it away, his share, and then he that husband dies. It's not enough. This is what we said earlier. It's not. There's not enough of a uh, of, of a vow still around to transfer rishos back to the father. Okay, because he because it's a weakened because it's a weakened vow. Okay, and okay. It's a, this this Reb Nassan, Okay, there's a dispute in the Mefarshim. Whether this Reb Nassan is a problem is arguing on both both parts of this of of the previous statement. Meaning, case there's two cases here. This case A, where the the husband the 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 father heard and it was made for his share, but the and then the husband didn't hear about it and he died. And the second case where the husband heard and did afara, and 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 the father didn't even hear about it. 
till the husband died. And that's the, the two cases. And we're saying in both of those cases, this is only Beishami's opinion. Beishel disagrees with both cases. And he says, <coughs> Why? Because at this juncture, all that's left is a, is a, is a, is a, weakened, a weakened vow. And a weakened vow doesn't transfer over to the next person. That's the idea. So what's the machlokas? What's the dispute between Beisham and We kind of saw this earlier. Nami. He says it's also true by Nidorim. Okay? Shero'i le'aros. I think you have to mend the text a little. There's a, there's a Bach over here. Let me find it. Nidorim Nami. Shiniru le'aros. That was seen by the Aros. Rishon. Even those vows that, were, that he had been presented to the vow. He goes over to the father. <coughs> okay, Omega's Gaius. And the the way the nature of the way the tandem works, this is the is that it, it's like a scissors, okay? Each one cuts his share. And the other part that's controlled by the other party is in full force. And almost like you know, so much so that we said if she made a vow on two olives, so there's you know, one olive is the husband's responsibility, the other olive is the father's responsibility. Okay? That's how fully intact each half is. It's like half and half. Okay? That's the way Beishamah is looking at it. Okay? And therefore, it was near Laris, it's near Sorokton, and it was just the half, Omega's guys. Okay? And it cuts it. So that's why it's, um, there's something still fully in effect, basically, to transfer over to the husband, I mean, to the father, and it's near Sorokton, and it's just Beis Hillel Savri, Beis Hillel's opinion is, It's always the father together with the last husband that could be made for the Nedarim. The Lomegas guy is, and it doesn't really work that way, that it's not a cutting, it's a weakening. And yeah. if anybody does Afara, then you cannot transfer it over to, you know, it's a, you can't inherit, the father cannot inherit the, what, a weakened Nedar that was left over from the, the son-in-law. Um, and it can be weakened from one of two ways, either because the father already previously um, well, it was made for Yishir, or the husband it was made for Yishir. Then it's a weakened nether and doesn't come over to the father's wishes. But what does happen is that if she remarries and gets a, another husband in the, to take his place, he fills in for the first husband. That's not called inheriting. That's not transferring. He's just a stand-in for the same, you know. He gets the same. You know the same. He gets the same rights as the first as the first husband, and it comes with the territory. Exactly. The fascinating, very interesting insight. You know, when it's going transferring from a husband to the father, that requires a, a significance of a vow, like it has to be a full vow that can go over, can be passed along back to the father. Uh, but when it's uh, weakened in any way, no. But as far as from husband A to husband B, it's kind of like, you know, they're all the same. You know, like a chassan is a chassan. doesn't matter. And he's filling in the same role of, uh, of an arus. And therefore it's not called transferring in that sense. And that's the, se- that's the concept. It's a little, you can imagine it. It's been a long time to explain this. Is okay. the converse the same if, uh, if one husband affirms it? Can the other one cut it? It's too late. Too late. No, no, right. It's only if he if he didn't if he either did it and did Afara or he or you know or he which if he once he's out of the picture it has no effect. But the the point being is is that 
he he didn't mekayim because once anybody's mekayim, it's over. She's locked into the vow. You can't. Uh, so if he were really wants to be, uh, probably could uh, buy him in and then divorce her. Well, fi- final. Well, fi- well, fir- well, confirm the vow. Convert and then say goodbye. Yeah. Right. That yeah. is what he could do. Yeah. But uh, the the point being is is that is that nobody actually ever confirmed this vow, and that's why, it, and yeah, it's all within the same day. Otherwise, Otherwise it would also be as if it's confirmed. And that's, a, and that's the story with that. Fascinating, or whatever. Anyway. Just a quick question. Can we yeah, just sure. revision, quick question? Because earlier in the Masekta, right, we know base Hillel holds that if there's any little bit of it that doesn't work, then the whole thing's wiped out, correct? Yeah, that was that's the, his con- it, the concept, base Hillel's concept, whereas Beit Shammah would say, no, the rest of it's still good. Right, correct? we, we so, just uh, excised so just, that piece that doesn't work. It's interesting. You think it's connected? I'm not sure. I'm no, not sure if it's that's I'm asking. I don't know. I don't know. I have to think into it. You know, All right, I just thought that, that, that it's applying the same concept because... Yeah, no. It's this idea, now, it's not this idea is weakening. It's like uh, it's like two ways of looking at the nature of the of the partnership between the husband and the it's father. It's different than part of it, not actually. It's like right. It's yeah, like yeah, is, yeah. It, is it is it is it a solid half half and half that each one has is is just cutting their half, or is it um, you know like the, it downgrades the nether the the validity of the nether. How often does this really happen where you have uh, a woman married at that age uh, when her father still? It's has, only that window, right? Yeah, you know, like, a very small window and a very unlikely. Well, could be that we got married at that these, age a lot. A lot of these things are thought experiments. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we have here. Uh, this even ever happened. Okay, right. so uh, so uh, as uh, so we'll leave you off with a question. The next piece, okay. So uh, the answer is in is in tomorrow's stuff, but the question we can we can deal with. So Ibalu the Shaila is uh, raised. Okay, the Shaila is asked. Gerushin kishtika damia okay Obviously, we're we assumed something already. If you can figure it out, does divorce. Count as nothing, as being silent. So I'm not neither confirming nor wiping away, no, nothing. Or is the divorce itself in effect saying, you know, that your vows, you know, you can have your vow, I'm, I'm out of here. Okay. So maybe it's like, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a pocket confirmation. Yeah, that's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the hava mean. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, uh-huh. if you, you can't ask this question, if we already assume, you know, obviously this... The, the, he didn't say anything. If, if, if he heard and he divorced her, which is what the case was over here in Iskarsha, the, the Mishnah, and he heard the vow, and, and that's how we're understanding the case, so then the, obviously we're saying that it's not a confirmation, otherwise the, yeah. how could the last husband um, right. be able to be wiped it away? But that's what the question is, like we're sort of like... Starting from back backwards and saying, well, which is it? Lemaynaf um, kamina, cases like this. She made a vow. The husband heard about the vow. he divorced her. Vehadre biyomi, and he remarried her that day. He's like, you know, for a first wife, no, but but for a second marriage, it's not so bad. Okay, you know, that's the joke. Why he remarried his own wife? Okay, second man, second marriage, different story. Okay, so if it's just a shtika, so much he made for let's not too late. He can still do the fara. Clock didn't close. But if he says that it's like a kama, 
It's too late. Once you divorced her, it's like you established the vow, and now you remarry her, all bets are off anymore or at this point. And that's the story. So we'll see more about this come tomorrow, what the proofs are, but uh, stop over here. And shkarach, everybody. Have a beautiful, beautiful day.